Okay, Tanya confused me there because we said that we were doing 222, no, 132, and then it went to 222. Dreadful. Change. Seriously, can we do that? Are we allowed to? We're Baptists, for goodness sake. Well, good morning. It is great uh, to be here and great to have you here. Uh, are we alright with this? Uh, no, obviously not. There you go, I'll leave that with you. Um, if you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, you'll know that we're receiving postcards uh, here at City View this month. Not physical postcards because they are so yesterday, but spiritual postcards. We get to hear, thank you, we get to hear. Um, what God has been doing in people's lives. We've been hearing about how God is moving in people's lives. Sometimes we hear about how people are searching for God in their life when it looks as though he's not there in the desert times. It's a time during August that we connect deeper with each other. And it's a wonderful opportunity. And I know you appreciate it. And I know uh, many of us who have heard the last three have really appreciated the, the opening of people's hearts. We've received three postcards, one from Daphne, one from Laura, and one from Tanya. And if you've listened to each three of them, each one has been very different. But I don't know about you, but I'm sensing that there's a common theme that seems to be running through each of the postcards that we've had, which is basically, life is not easy. Life is messy, but we find God actually in the messiness of life. Comforting us, encouraging us, guiding us. But, but life isn't easy. It's not easy because we suffer pain and frustration. It's not easy because our plans tend to go a bit haywire. It's not easy because we have to live with and work with people who are different from us. Tanya talked about that last week. Life never seems as though it's plain sailing. You know, we may think we have all of our ducks in a row and then we see a couple of them waddling off. <laughs> Why can't everything be just so? A few weeks ago, I told you about my first vacation without my parents. After high school, I went with three buddies uh, to the island of Kos, a Greek island. So looking forward to it. I knew what this holiday was going to be for and about, and it was going to be the best holiday ever. We arrived at five o'clock in the afternoon. We went straight to the beach, and I was so tired that I fell asleep on one side. Two hours later, I woke up completely red down one side. My ear was peeling for months afterwards, day one. Day two, I got a jippy tummy. I spent most of the day in the apartment hugging the toilet in one form or another. Day three, we had a football match, a soccer match against the locals. 
It was a big, every week, tourists against the locals. It was a bloodbath. And uh, at one time, I tackled this guy, and I didn't get the ball, and he went flying up in the air, and he came down, and he looked at me, and he said, I kill you. <laughs> I brushed it off until afterwards I realized he was the island's doctor. <laughs> the only doctor on the island. <laughs> and then on the fourth day, after a, a, a bit of a night out, I fell in the ditch, uh, walking back to the apartment. And my friends came to me and said, look, are you okay? Shall, shall we call the doctor? I said, no. <laughs> it's a silly example, but sometimes life just doesn't happen the way you expect. We think we've got it all worked out, and then wham, something happens which rocks our world and the way we look at life. And our fourth postcard will carry on this theme. One of the great things about our life groups, we have life groups here at City View, and I'm going to talk about them in a, in a couple of weeks' time. But one of the great things about life groups is that you get to share the joys and pains of someone's life, and you get to walk through a little bit with them, with folk who are rejoicing, but also with folk who are, are really struggling, going through difficult times, sometimes disturbing times. Our life group has had the privilege to do this with our next postcard giver, uh, Andrea. The past year or so has been interesting, to say the least, for Andrea. And she has and is still processing a lot of stuff. But I'm so pleased that as part of that process, she's agreed to come and share uh, with us this morning, to give us her postcard. So Andrea, why don't you come on up and share with us? Are you going to see here or? Yeah, all right, there we go. fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the livestock, wild animals, and small animals. So God created people in his own image. God patterned them after himself, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and told them, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Be masters over the fish and birds and all the animals. And God said, look, I have given you the seed-bearing plants throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given all the grasses and other green plants to the animals and birds for their food. 
And so it was. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was excellent in every way. This all happened on the sixth day. So that's the beginning. And then shortly after, in Genesis 3, 6, um, humanity sins, and things just start unraveling. Honestly, they've been unraveling ever since. <laughs> so now comes my story. And there's sort of two parts to this um, story. <coughs> there's the anecdotal and the scientific. So some of my story is scientific. It's very factual. So the first part of it is very factual. In 1977, I was born... And I was given the name Andrea, and my birth certificate says I'm female. That's scientific. That's factual. Moving forward from there, uh, growing up, um, I never really fit in. Um, most people would have called me a tomboy because uh, I played soccer with the boys. I had a birthday party when I was seven or eight. I think I was in grade one. And I invited all boys because that's who I was playing with because that's what was comfortable for me and that's what made sense to me when I was seven or eight. And so that was a bit strange then. It's probably strange for someone to do that now still. Uh, you'd probably still get called a tomboy if you did that but that's what I did um, and I didn't fit in and then I continued on in school and never really fit in later on either I had a few friends I made it through, I got out of high school um, but I never really fit in um, then in 2005 <coughs> Here's some more scientific um, information. In 2005, I got married to someone with mail on their birth certificate. That's just factual. That's what happened. And everything seemed fine and good. And in fact, it, I have no complaints about that. That is good. Um, I'm a fortunate person to have married the right person. Um, but again, I tried to fit in. <laughs> and so there's me trying to fit in, and again, I'm not doing it. I'm not fitting in, right? Like, we've been married since 2005, you know. Well, yeah, anyways. Three failed pregnancies. Fast forward, here we are. It's 2019. I'll read Psalm 13 because that's kind of was helpful to me during the past 10 years. I'm just trying to give time frames here so that it makes a bit more sense. <coughs> so Psalm 13, I'll just read it for us. Um... 
because none of the fitting in and the, the failed pregnancies and none of, none of this was easy. Um, in fact, it was very difficult. So Psalm 13 says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O my God. Restore the light to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. This ending is very important. I will, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he has been so good to me. This is all true. Um, Despite the mess, despite me not fitting in, despite me not understanding all the reasons why. Um, And that went on and on and on and on and on. And... At some point, I said, I want a little bit more information, right? Because something's going on here. It doesn't make sense to me. Let's find out a bit more. So in 2016, I found out about something called the Restorative Reproductive Medicine Clinic. And they are supported somehow by the Catholic Church, actually, Um, If you want to Google that, you can. Um, And they offer doctors and different people to support you in figuring this kind of stuff out Um, because the medical system doesn't really do this, actually. Um, Yeah, the medical system just doesn't do that. So I was looking for information, um, and so I... God information. Praise God for information. Because how can you accept something if you don't know what it is? Right? I was trying to accept something and I didn't understand it. And I found that to be almost impossible. So at least now I have information. And that was the best thing that came out of that clinic. They did a lot of testing. They did a lot of blood testing. Uh, So the information, some of it is, well, the sum of it is that your hormones are just all over the place. Uh, So high estrogen, low progesterone, high androgens, insulin resistance, check. These are all true. So what kind of a mess do we have, right? Like, that's a mess. And so I sat with the information for a while. I tried to understand what does it mean. I don't know if I even now understand all of what it means. Uh, Some of it's obvious what it means, and some is not so obvious what it means. I did try some medical interventions to see if my hormones would balance out. Bring that one down, bump that one up. Let's see. Maybe I can have uh, a regular cycle. (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) Wow. 
because it says that you're a woman on your birth certificate, right? <laughs> so don't women have regular cycles? Yeah, so I thought, huh, maybe. So maybe I take some of these medications and maybe things that are too high come down and things that are too low come up, and maybe, maybe this works. So I thought, sure, let's try it. Only to see if things could balance out. That was my only motivation. I had to be very clear what my motivations were uh, because it wasn't going to solve any other problem um, that I was having. So I did. And I don't think it worked. Yeah. So my hormones are still all over the place. And I think they're always going to be that way. And I'm always going to be me. And there's nothing I can do about that, which is why I started in Genesis. Um, so, yeah, the consequences of that, I don't know. I'm still finding out, you know. Do I fit in? Probably not. Will I ever? I guess not. That's okay. Because God is with me. And this brings me to the final kind of piece that I've prepared uh, with some photos. So many of you know that Chequemus Lake is a place I love going. There it is. Um, most of you have been invited to go there and come there with us. And um, so, yeah, I was there every summer. So in 2018, so not this summer, but the summer before, uh, I, we, we were making our trip back to Chequemus Lake. And God is so intentional the way he communicates to me. It's amazing. Um, so there's Chequemus Lake. This is a picture. And then there's Chequemus River, which is that. And so Chequemus Lake feeds the Chequemus River, and the Chequemus River goes out to House Sound. Yeah. And so this is just a place that I keep going back. And so in 2018, these things about my hormones not working and will the medication help it to resemble something that makes sense? Will that happen? This was on my mind, and I'm standing on the next frame. I'm standing here uh, with these things on my mind. And I'm looking at this water and just enjoying this spot. This spot is actually between the lake and the river. It's, it's where the river gets wider and the lake gets narrower. And so it's kind of neither river nor lake. And I remember standing there and thinking about that and going, wow, the river's over here, the lake's over there, and there's this place in between. And I always stand here and enjoy this place. I've been doing this for 10 years. And I'm standing there again last year. And God kind of says to me, that's you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that's me. 
I'm like, huh. <laughs> okay. Okay. That makes sense to me, actually. It's the space in between the lake and the river. Wow. That's me. And so I stood there, continued to stand there, and I sort of asked a question, you know, like, so what am I? You know? Am I, am I a man? Am I a woman? What am I? I'm asking God now, and, and you, know, you know what the answer is? Well, it doesn't matter, because I am with you, and I love you, and I created you. And that's you. Okay, so that's me. And it's taken me a while to really understand all of this because it kind of doesn't make sense, but it's okay because God is with me and he's told me that a lot, you know, that it just doesn't matter the way we think it matters. Um, and that's that's almost the end of my story. For now, anyways. Revelation 21 talks about uh, where we're going, you know. Uh, so I started in the beginning... And I, I love where we're going because it proves to me that it doesn't matter, right? This is where we're going, guys. <sighs> then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a beautiful bride prepared for her husband, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, the home of God is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will remove all their sorrow and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. For the old world and its evils are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making all things new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give the springs of the water of life without charge. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. Amen. God is good. Andrea, thank you.
One of the great things I love about this church community and about the sharing of these postcards is that we can be real. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? We can be real. Life can be messy. We know that. Don't pretend it's not because it is. And our job sometimes is just to see where God is in that mess. So kudos to you, Andrea, for being so open and so real this morning. It takes a lot of courage to do that, so thank you. Thank you. You see, apparently as you get older, they say that you're meant to get wiser. Yeah? <laughs> well... If there's one thing that I've learned, one thing that I know is that I know very little. <laughs> when I first came to faith, I thought I had it all sorted out. I had an answer for everything. Yeah, but what about this? Ah, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, that's the answer. As I've gone through life, I've realized that there's actually more questions than answers. Life is more gray than black and white. Yet yeah, I'm sure of a few important things, don't get me wrong. Yes, I know that God loves me. Yes, I know that he wants the best for me. Yes, I know that Jesus came and died for me and that he will come again. These things I know. And that I'm called to love him. And I'm called to love people around him with God's love. I know that. Know that to be true. But how to live everyday life. How to deal with disappointment and pain. How to make sense of the pain that I see in other people's lives. Is actually less clear. Yesterday I... Um, took part in this ride to conquer cancer and it was incredibly moving because everyone was riding for someone. And a lot of people were riding along with pictures of people on their back or on their bike. And as I sort of came alongside people, I would say, is that, is that your dad? Young girl. She was probably about 19 years old. And... Um, she said, yeah, it was. He died three months ago. And I, need, I knew I needed to, to do this ride for him. How do you explain that? How do we answer those questions? You see, the why question is never far from our lips, is it? Why, why is this happening? Why am I like this? But we also know that the why questions can never fully be answered this side of heaven. But in our humanness, what we, we just need to try to make sense of what's happening in our life and in the lives of others. And I'm sure all those questions, Andrew, have been flowing through your mind. Trying to make sense of all of this. Why? 
Why isn't life the way it should be? Why isn't life clear? Why do we live with uncertainty? Why do we live with unanswered questions? And the only answer I can come up with, and that Andrea mentioned at the very beginning, is that we live in a broken world. We live in a world that, uh, that is torn. We live in a world that's distorted. The world is not as it should be. We know that. The world is not as God intended it to be. And as Andrea read from Genesis about, you know, uh, humankind deciding, you know what, we don't want God. We want to do things our own way. Ever said that? (laughs) I know best. Let's do it our way. And what we've seen is that the world becomes more and more torn and broken and distorted And we see broken relationships. We see broken bodies. We see broken minds. We see a broken creation around us. And we groan for a time when this wouldn't be so. And it's here that our hope in Jesus, our faith in Jesus, helps us to see a better day. A brighter day. Andrea, I'm so glad that you read that passage in Revelation. Because that's a day that we long for. As I was riding with those 2,100 people yesterday, I think we long for a day when there is no more cancer. A day when Jesus will usher in God's kingdom. The kingdom as it should be. As it was originally intended to be. What does that world look like? Well, Andrea read those words to us. I don't need to necessarily read them again to you. A new heaven, a new earth. God will dwell amongst his people and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. We, I'm so looking forward to this, we will have perfect bodies. Praise God. Praise God. Oh my goodness me. I I did a funeral once for a a young girl. She was 16 years old and uh, she had suffered dreadfully. She ended up in a wheelchair, couldn't speak. Um, She dreadfully suffering and she died at 16 years old. And I read that passage. I said, Angela now has a a perfect body in heaven. And she's running and she's jumping and she's leaping. Isn't that wonderful? That's the hope that we have. You see, it's a bit like this. I've shared this with you before. We get glimpses of that kingdom every now and again now. We see God's kingdom coming through. We see... Uh, God's love being shared amongst each other. And we see little glimpses of it. But we know that at the end of time, as Jesus comes again, that curtain is going to be fully torn back. And we're going to see things as they really are. Not as distorted. 
and we'll see it in all God's goodness and glory. That's what we need to hold on to. And Andrea, I pray that as you process this, you said it's not the end of your story, and it isn't the end of your story. There's going to be many, many more chapters. But I pray that as you go through it, and as we each go through times where we're uncertain and we don't know what things are, why things are happening, we hold on to this picture that the curtain is going to be drawn back. The curtain is going to be drawn back. But in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the disappointment, as Andrea pointed out, she knows that God's with her. And she knows that God loves her. Let's pray. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, Father God, you know, we have so many questions.